So I said, guys, I said, whatever you want to achieve in the future, you just have to prepare one day at a time. And when that whistle blows and you get in between those white lines, you got to attack and dominate for six seconds of play. Don't worry about the last play. Don't worry about the next play. One play at a time. That's best-selling author, international speaker, and performance coach, Ben Newman. In this episode, we talk about the insights that he has on helping us improve our mindset and our systems for achieving our goals. Ben's worked with championship athletic teams and Fortune 500 organizations, helping them improve their results. And I think you're really going to enjoy some of the perspective that he brings and experiences that he's had in achieving success. Hey, welcome to Communication on Point. I'm your host, Dean Hefta, and this podcast is dedicated to helping you improve your ability to connect and influence the people around you. Let's get started. Well, Ben, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have this conversation today because when we think about communication, when I think about communication, it really, I think the great communicators start with better conversations with themselves, that internal dialogue that we have. And that's why I wanted to visit with you because so much of your experience is about training people on mental toughness and how to really get through some of those tough times. What you see from your experience, what are some of the challenges that we really have to address or maybe the things that get in the way of us having that great internal dialogue? Yeah, well, Dean, first off, thank you so much for, for having me and the opportunity to be with you and, and your listeners. And this is actually a really easy conversation because of the fact that I have this conversation myself every single morning. And contrary to the pieces that you decided to share in the intro, which is the highlights, you know, I've been knocked down and shaken to the core in my life personally. I've been knocked down and shaken to the core in my life professionally. I, I read books every single day. I still have two coaches. I'm trying to be the best that I can be every single day. So no matter what you hear about maybe what I did do, like I'm still fighting to be the best I can be every day. And, you know, it's that moment when we wake up every single day that is so critical. So whether I'm working with an athlete or I'm working with a business professional, it's always important for me to understand, you know, how is their heart wired? What's most important to them? How do they connect? And how do they connect when they first get started during the day? And I have to do the same thing myself. So when I wake up, I have a choice. I can either connect and say, gosh, yesterday was challenging. I went through some adversity. Or you know what? I, I, I really think tomorrow's going to be really hard or next week's going to be be hard. Think about the period of time that we're in right now. Tremendous uncertainty. Or I can consciously decide today is a gift that I've been given. And my story and the pain that I've been through and what I saw with my two eyes, which I'm sure I'll, we'll get into before, you know, my life really even got started. You know, that's helped me realize, like, it's really not so bad. I'm going to choose to win the day today. And I'm going to connect first thing in the morning to what drives me internally. I call that the burn. And I think for all of us, we have this burn that lies inside of us, this, this fire that connects to your why and your purpose that then causes you to take action. And so I think for all of us, we have to start by saying, what do we think about when we wake up? Fears, doubts, uncertainties, I don't want to, uh, today's not going to be a good day. Or do you actually control your mindset, control your internal dialogue to say, look, today is a gift. I'm going to connect to what drives me, and then I'm going to go do something about it. So 
that's uh, that's really important when I think about it because when when we talk about this internal dialogue, this this self talk, it can be easy to think about it as what's continually going on in my head during the day, almost thinking about that as all one single thing. But what you're saying is it starts with what's that first conversation we have in the morning? What what makes that so important? Because to me, that's what controls the rest of the day. Let's actually think of a conversation that you and I recently had, right? We talked about, you know, perspective. So some people right now, they're saying, I am stuck in quarantine. I can't believe I am here. My life is changed. I am stuck in quarantine. And I shared with you, I said, well, I actually flipped my perspective. And I said, I'm on a working sabbatical. You know, I typically travel 80 to 90 times a year. I've spoken in nine different countries. So I'm on a plane all the time. I'm home. So this is a working sabbatical. I'm finding my edge in the details. I'm enjoying family time. I'm enjoying walks. I'm enjoying the ability to slow down. I'm making the most of every single day. I've shifted my perspective. And then you brought up the example, which makes what I just said minuscule. And Frank was, was, was trapped in a house for two years. And we want to talk about, you know, we're stuck in quarantine. So, so much of it is perspective. And so Anne Frank wrote an amazing book. Anne Frank had an amazing story because of her mindset, right? She had this unbelievable positive mindset when she had extreme uncertainty. When is this going to end? And so for all of us, I think it's so important when you wake up, what's the framework? What do you tell yourself? Because that determines the action that you take. Yeah, it's that self story, right? So as humans, we are certainly storytellers whether it's stories that we tell others or the stories that we're telling ourselves. And I think what's been interesting is for a lot of people, the, 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 the lack of perceived control they have has been really hard for them to uh, deal with, right? So it's what I'm hearing with that story in the morning for you is how do I interpret what's going on around me? How do I shift that to a perspective of what control do I have? You're saying I have control of saying, I'm going to be present with my kids. I'm going to work on stuff for the future. I'm going to, get re-centered in this gift that I've been given. And that's a completely different dialogue that you're having than if we were just waiting for someone else to say, okay, now you can go about your business or watching the news, you know, 10 hours a day, trying to figure out how I should feel based on that, which is not a good dialogue. Correct. And so we actually, inside of your mental toughness playbook. So uh, I appreciate you've got one of my fables over, uh, over your right, uh, right shoulder there, leave your legacy. But we also wrote a book called uh, Your Mental Toughness Playbook, and it's the six coaching principles that we utilize in business and in sports for mental toughness, building your environment, building the daily disciplines. And in appreciation of you having me on the show, everybody can get a copy of that book, our third edition, for free at freeplaybook.net. Wow. So free, freeplaybook.net. And inside that book, there's 10 steps on the importance of morning routine. And it is critically important. I found the highest performers. Go Google uh, successful CEOs. Go Google the story of your, your favorite successful business owner or athlete. I promise you, they have a detailed, consistent morning routine because they recognize that's what sets them up for success in the day. And it's what their framework of what they think about is built upon. I want to I want to touch on a couple of the elements, you know, while we're on that, and then I want to shift a little bit to kind of how you got uh, to that <clears throat> mindset. So, you know, if you're if you're reading stuff, 
when we hear stories about these morning routines, it's like, oh, well, it sounds like I got to get up at four in the morning, uh, spend 10 minutes in an ice bath, go on a 10 mile hike, uh, you know, do several hundred pounds of, uh, you know, <laughs> lifts and, and yeah. it seems like overwhelming what I'm supposed to be doing in a morning routine. But I mean, it doesn't have to be like that. Right. I mean, what, well, what, what that, are some of the that elements? Actually, that actually sounds like my mornings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm totally kidding. It's a, so actually in, inside of the playbook, you'll see, so there's 10 steps to a morning routine, but down at the bottom, it says, this is not something that you have to do to have a successful morning routine. These are only suggestions of things that work. And I think the most important thing for all of us is identify what works for you. Dean, your morning routine is going to be completely different from mine. Why? We live different lives. We live in different homes. We live in different cities. We do different things. So the way that you connect and the way you get your day started is going to be completely different than mine. And so I think it's important that you stay in your lane. You can go research those mornings, but just because let's say Mark Cuban starts his day a certain way, that doesn't mean I have to start my day like Mark Cuban and you don't have to start your day like me. But I think it's figuring out what does work for you and then consistently doing those things that work so that you get your day started off on the right foot. So being really intentional, whatever it is, be intentional. Phenomenal word. One of my favorite words being like ruthlessly, relentlessly, incredibly intentional in the process of the daily action of getting your day started. Because you got to think about it. The last, for everybody listening, think of the last time that you just hit the snooze button a bunch of times. You just kind of got up when you got up. And well, my meetings, first day of the meeting was at 10. And when you're just kind of, I'm just kind of going through the motions. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. You don't feel good. Yeah. You don't feel, you know, you're, you're kind of thrown off and then somebody sends you an email and it's maybe something you didn't want to deal with. And then you, you react adversely and we don't like that. The days that you perform at your highest level, you're probably eating breakfast, maybe reading a few pages from a book. If you like working out, maybe you work out. It might be taking a walk. You take the dog. I mean, it's what you have to define what you want to do. And those are the days where you're in control of your mind. You've done 30 minutes of stuff for yourself. You've done 45 minutes of stuff for yourself. Now you're set when that adversity comes, you can brush it off, shift the perspective and keep moving. Cool. So I'm, I'm guessing that this mental toughness, this, this mindset that you have, the routines that you have probably haven't been there since you were five or six or seven years old. Give us some insight in, in how did you get to where you are to give you the perspective you have? Yeah, so for me, it was <clears throat> a lot of it was having to grow up very fast. My mom had a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. So each and every single one of us, we have amyloids in our muscles. If you have an excess of them, you have amyloidosis. Uh, if you have amyloidosis still to this day, there's no cure. So the amyloids are going to slowly eat away at your muscles. Your heart, of course, is a muscle. Uh, my parents were divorced at six months old, never knew them together. My mom, her last year living 24-hour nursing care in the house, came to the dinner table with an IV stand. So you talk about perspective. Yes, quarantine, my sabbatical, it's not bad at all. I get to enjoy extra family time, extra walks with my wife, cook dinner together. Like, we're good. You know, we're blessed. And so I think a lot of it comes to perspective, which I did learn very early. And then what ended up happening was I was really blessed. My, my mother passed away 11 days before my eighth birthday, and I've always had great mentors and coaches who were there to really teach me life lessons to teach me that success is our ability to get back up one more time than we've been knocked down. And 
So I was always a hard worker, always kind of that fighter of life, uh, always very connected to purpose, right? Wanting to continue to write my mother's story. And then professionally, you know, when I got out into the, into the business world, I was a paper broker for a few years, and then I started as a financial advisor. And that's where really when things started to take off, and I don't say this to impress uh, any of you, it's to impress upon the point, I got off to a really fast start because financial planning put me through college. Life insurance put me through college. So I had this burning desire to help write the stories of a little guy just like me. So then people started saying, wow, when you come and speak, you got off to this fast start. So then you would try different things. Hey, what if people did this? What if people focused on daily disciplines rather than goals? Not that we don't set goals, right? So you would test those things and they worked. And then people asked me to speak more. And then somebody said, will you coach me in 2008? You guys recognize I said 2008? 2006 was my first speaking engagement on that overnight success story, that overnight success story. So, you know, 2008, you start coaching and so then you try things. Hey, this worked for me. Hey, I learned this from a coach. Does this apply here? And so slowly over time through application, I was able to test some of what have now become these mental training tools on vision and purpose and accountability and morning routines. And you've been able to have that practical application in the world of sports as well as in the world of business. And so, you know, back in 2004, when I was doing the things that I had been taught to grow a business, that I think that I would be a mental performance coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. No, I had no idea. I probably would have told you that you were crazy. Would I have, have thought that some of the same conversations I would have with you in a coaching conversation in the business world are similar conversations I would have with Tua Tungvaluwa, who's getting ready to get drafted next week into the NFL? And so, so much of it is so similar. And so a lot of it was just trying the tools, testing the tools. And then when they work, you know, obviously that's the blessing. It's meeting people, building relationships who they take their success very serious. And then you're able to see how some of the things that we teach apply and how it causes people to get different results. Well, and I think the world that you're, the worlds I'll say that you're in, um, because you really, you really bridge business and business performance and sports and sports performance. And, Correct. you know, typically I think people think of those as being extremely different worlds and what can one learn from the other. But it sounds like your experience is there's more in common than people could ever imagine when it comes to the mental game. How, yeah, how, so how do you translate those pieces across? Yeah, so that's a, it's, a, it's a great question. So a lot of people think that I was, you know, either an athlete or I was a coach in sports and then came into this world. It's actually the reverse, right? I mean, it started as paper broker, financial advisor, and then that's where really where a lot of the leadership stuff came from. So it went from corporate to sports. And when I started my work in sports in 2011, you know, through doing research and studying and reading, one of the first rules of sports psychology is for an athlete to perform at their highest level. They cannot solely rely on their natural talents and abilities. They have to understand the mental toughness side of what it takes to achieve peak performance. It's the same for anybody in business. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't solely rely on, well, I was successful in this career before, so when I transition here, everything's going to be great because I'm really good on the telephone. I'm great at building relationships. I'm, I'm great on the technical side on the computer. No, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to have to reflect back on your stories of where you find your strength. You see, I'm not the only one that has a story. Dean has a story. All your listeners have a story. So nobody's going to connect to my story to give them courage to fight on the days they don't want to do it. You have to connect through the tough stuff that you've been through, right? That's mental toughness. It has nothing to do with your talent, 
So whether it's sports or business, it's both worlds. Whether it's a boardroom or a field, it's our natural talents coupled with how we think and what we believe that determines the results we achieve. Mm. What, um, when, when you got into the world of, of the sports side, um, what were some of the biggest things that you found seemed to make a difference in the people that you were coaching or the teams that you were working with? I mean, I think about, I mean, I'm an NDSU football fan, right? Yeah, so, of course. You know, uh, they've won eight out of the last nine years, national <laughs> championships and stuff like that. You worked a lot with them. Oh, yeah. What's the surprise for you of like, wow, these few things really seem to make a difference in their, the mental side of their game? Yeah, so let's, let's actually use the Bison football example because uh, I think it's such a great one. And so, yes, I had the opportunity to work for four incredible years up at uh, North Dakota State and still do a lot of work in the business community up in Fargo. I just love the people in North Dakota, love, love everybody up in Fargo, so welcoming, amazing people. And then now Coach Kleiman brought me with him to Kansas State. You know, even last year, another title run. You know, I stayed connected every week with Coach Entz and Trey Lance and Ben Ellison and Ty Brooks and all the players. I just love those relationships. And so when I think back to my first visit with the Bison, I'm going to take you to the first visit. Now, first off, you're thinking to yourself, They've just won four straight national championships, right? You got Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback. The guy's going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. I'm thinking, what in the world are they bringing me in for? Like, they have this thing all figured out. And you realize very quickly in the DNA of the program, like I like to pay attention to the details. You don't see people walking around talking about championships. You don't see people talking about trophies. You hear and see people talking about you know, how can we get better today? And so it wasn't, hey, we got this thing figured out. It was Coach Kleiman saying, hey, does Ben maybe provide a different edge, you know, for us? Can this work? And he basically said, you got an hour. We'll see how this goes. And so I get up to give this talk. They've just come back from winning this national championship. You got Carson Wentz sitting right in the front row, and you got the whole team in front of you. And what I ended up doing was I broke down a football game for the team. I said, guys, I said, you've already done extraordinary things. I know one of the big goals is to win a fifth straight national championship. You talk about legacy that's never been done by any team in the history of college football. And when you do that, it'll probably never be repeated. But I said, for me, I think the most important thing is not focusing on winning the game or winning the title. It's recognizing that every day you have an opportunity to get better. Every day is an opportunity to attack the process. And if you prepare and focus on winning one day at a time, when you show up for that game, and there's 60 minutes on the clock, and you decide you're going to break down that 60 minutes into what a game is really all about, and that's six seconds of play. You see, there's 60 minutes on a clock, but there's only about 13 minutes of live action on average in a football game. So easy math for me. That wasn't that good math. You do six minutes on offense, six minutes on defense. Break that down to the number of plays in a game. It's like six seconds of play. So I said, guys, I said, whatever you want to achieve in the future, you just have to prepare one day at a time. And when that whistle blows and you get in between those white lines, you got to attack and dominate for six seconds of play. Don't worry about the last play. Don't worry about the next play. One play at a time. And so that's one of the mindsets that I bring into those locker rooms, I bring into those team rooms, is how can we reverse engineer everything that you want down to the things that you can control and then how do we prepare to dominate that moment when that clock starts? And, and, and as I mentioned, the similar, it's the same in a boardroom. If Dean decides I'm going to attack this project, okay, what's the goal of the project? Is Dean going to wake up every day and say, 
dear God, I hope this works out. No, you're going to say, here's our, <laughs> here's the goal. Here's the, the revenue that we want, or here's the outcome that we want. And then you got to pull it down and say, what can I do today that drives me forward to that goal? And when it's time to present, when it's time for that big moment, I've prepared for that moment. So there's almost this energy and excitement. I'm going to cut it loose. And when they tell me it's time to present, I'm going to enjoy every second of sharing and educating and being the best that I can be to achieve that moment that I saw in my mind's eye before I ever started preparation. So the, the, um, that goal, you said goals are important, obviously. You have Absolutely. to have something have that you're looking for. Uh, is that where we start getting off track? Like we get excited because we got this big goal, this thing that we want to accomplish, this championship we want to win. And we get kind of wrapped up in that, but then forget about the process. I mean, wh where do we get off track? You nailed it. Is, is I think, you know, it, it's very common. If I were to have a, a coach call me, right? You know, coaches will call from time to time and whether they, you know, want me to speak or just have a question or whatever it might be, or maybe it's an email. And, and I like to figure out what's going on in the situation. Hey, how do you communicate with your team? What do you talk about? Most of the time when a team is underperforming, there's two things that happen. Number one, they don't connect to the heart of their players. Similar to an organization, if somebody comes in brand new to your organization and you don't get to know them, you know nothing about their heart, you know nothing about their passions, you don't know how they think, but it's, Dean, you're really talented. I need you to do this, 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 and this. Well, if I don't have a relationship with Dean, Dean's probably not, he may do the work, but it's not going to be at his highest level of performance. So number one, do you understand your players? And then number two, a lot of times the coaches are focused so much on winning and talking about winning that they've put so much pressure on the win that they forget to remind the players that if you intentionally focus on the fact that you have 100% control of your attitude, your effort, your daily decisions, your choices, how hard you work every day, that carries over into the game. You intentionally focus one play at a time. But if all you ever talk about is winning, yeah, they'll show up, they'll practice, they'll go to the weight room, they'll go to the classroom, they'll do the things they need to do. But on game day, there's so much pressure on winning the game, they don't perform at their highest level. It's, it's like, let's wait till we get to the end of the game and find out if, if we did a good job or not. And you're measuring yourself on that. And, you know, I've shared with so many people, they'll say, what's your, because Coach Kleiman is just, he's one of the greatest people that you'll ever meet and just an unbelievable coach. I mean, he understands the importance of heart. He everything that, it's just, he, he's incredible. And I always, people have said, what's your favorite story of Coach Kleiman? It was the one game that I was with the Bison for when they lost. So if you can believe this, in four years of being with the Bison, I was there with them on the sidelines for one game that they lost. So they won every single game except for one. And my favorite moment of leadership was the game they lost. It was the semifinals. And, you know, we're playing James Madison. It's in the Dome. It's a Friday night. It's on ESPN. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this man going to say to this team? We just ended because we had won the fifth in a row. So this is my second year at the program. So now it's like there's no sixth in a row. It's over. What do you say? And he walks into this locker room, and he looks at one side of the locker room, and he looks at the other, and he just pauses, and he waits, and, and he looks, and he says, you are never defined by a moment. You are always defined by your entire body of work. And I think so many people, they get caught up in that one win, that one loss, that one moment. 
What's happened since that one loss? Three straight national championships. The team has not lost a football game since he gave that speech. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Think about that. Think about what I just said. The team has not lost a football game since Coach Kleiman delivered that speech. So, you know, it's instilling. Don't define yourself by the wins and losses. Define how do you respond when challenge and adversity strikes? What do you focus on? Do you only focus on the wins or do you focus on the deeper meaning? Mm. How does our environment that we surround ourselves with affect that? Well, I think so much of, I mean, if you, if you really speak to it right now, uh, one of my favorite things to, to share is the research of Chris Voss. Chris Voss wrote a book called Never Split the Difference, and he's, he's one of the legendary FBI hostage negotiators. And, you know, he talks about a prisoner of war, somebody held captive. And he shares that it's not the, the torture, it's not the pain that that individual can't endure. It's the uncertainty of not knowing when in the world is this going to end that's actually most painful. And so for so many of us, if you don't have a routine that allows you to succeed, there's no clarity on the steps that cause you to have success. You don't even know what the process looks like. If there's no direction, you're playing with that uncertainty. You don't know where you're headed. You don't know what's happening. It causes fear. It causes doubts. It causes pressure. And you're almost living this life of being completely out of control when what you're telling yourself internally is, oh, I got this. I show up and work hard every day. Working, working hard every day doesn't get you anywhere if you don't know where you're headed. Working hard every day doesn't get you anywhere if you're not focused on the right things. So that's why I always say, and I think sometimes people get it mixed up, oh, well, he doesn't believe in goals. No, I absolutely believe in goals. I want the, it says think big on my wall. I've been in this house for 12 years. It said think big since the week that I moved in. I want you to think big. I want you to make yourself uncomfortable in your thoughts and your goals and your dreams and your vision. But don't waste time thinking about it once you set what it is. You got to, as I mentioned, reverse engineer it, figure out what is the environment, what is the mindset, what are the daily steps, and focus on that so you actually remain in control of the things that are within your control. Well, when we think about that internal dialogue, uh, it seems to me like a big part of it is how we, um, how we define ourselves, you know, what we think is possible oh. for us, right? How, how do you deal with that story? So let, let, let's actually let that play out right now, right? So I, I want to ask everybody right now, I want everybody to pause, and I want you to think about a goal for you, writing a book, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to run a half marathon, whatever it is. If it's something business related, it's something family related. I want everybody listening right now to think of a big goal for you, right? Think of a goal right now. Put it in your proverbial mental shelf. You're taking notes. Take down a note. I want you to think of a goal for you. Write that goal. Put it down. Okay, now everybody should have one. I want you to now look down at that goal, and I want you to be honest with yourself. This is totally fair, okay? Because Dean can't see you. I can't see you. So I can't see you raise your hand. I can't see you nod your head. And I don't know what you wrote down on the paper. So this should be like one-on-one coaching between you and I right now. I want you to look down and be honest with yourself. Did you protect yourself with what that goal was? Did you actually think big enough? Is that goal really going to challenge you to show up and be your best? Or did you protect yourself? Did you write down half marathon when you really have it in you to run a full marathon? Right? So, 
Did you protect yourself? Is it, are you in sales? And did you write down a sales number that's actually 75% of what you really can do? And you know what your best days look like. And if you show up every single day, you'd actually hit 100% of what you're capable of, not that 75, 75 is easy. And if right now you look down on that paper and that goal is a goal in which you protected yourself, we have to shift that internal dialogue that you always talk about. You have to believe in yourself more. It's affirmations. It's connecting more to that burn that lies inside of you. Because I promise everybody listening, remember my story is my story. Your burn is going to be different. Your internal driver, your why and your purpose. But if you don't protect yourself and your thoughts and your goals, you truly think big, you give yourself permission to go after it. And you wake up every day and you connect to what drives you. And you clearly understand the process that's going to cause you to have success. You do those two things and then you follow through. And at the end of the day, you look in the mirror. Because to me, this is winning. You look in the mirror and you say, today I gave it my very best. And if you stack days on top of themselves where you connect to what drives you and you do the work, the real work where you didn't protect yourself and you look in the mirror and you're honest and say, did I give it my very best? That's success. Because Dean, if you give it your best every single day, nobody can ever take that away from you. And Dean, if you give it your best every single day, you can never ask any more of yourself than you giving it your very best. Regardless of the outcome. Regardless of the outcome. But my, my point is, and what I've seen time after time after time, whether it is with uh, the Bison, whether it's my work with Wanzik, an unbelievable company up in Fargo. I mean, there's just so many wonderful success stories. Nodak Insurance, you know, some of my favorites, Gate City Bank, you know, these great companies, you think about this, and they, they believe, they show up, they do the work, and there's people writing extraordinary stories inside of those companies, but they're not focused on the result. Yeah, they got big goals and big dreams, but they're going to work every day. Well, it sounds like if I'm focused more on that day-to-day -day activity, grinding out the things that are going to matter long-term, I don't have to deal with maybe that self-identity thing of kind of, we can even kind of sabotage ourselves, right, along the way. Oh, you're, you're nailing it. And I can share, like, I've done enough of that for me in my life, enough for you, enough for all of your listeners. You're better off to just not do it. Like, take my advice, spare yourself the pain of wanting to live in the world of, of recognition and ribbons and trophies. And, you know, I, I really don't, I don't think about wins and losses. I don't think about winning championships. If you were to call every Bison football player that I ever worked with, right? So in four years, total players, probably 200 and something players. And you were to say, did Ben ever say wins and losses? All those games that he was at on the sideline, in the locker room, day before the game, speaking to you guys, did he ever mention wins and losses? They would tell you never. Not one single time did they ever hear me say win or lose because I don't want them to define themselves that way. I, I want an individual in business or in sports define yourself by the commitment to the hard work every single day. And I've seen it enough times. Everybody listening, you're the author of your story and you got to try it. If you're not happy with where your results are right now, it doesn't hurt to try it. And I can share with you, I'm no different than you. I have those struggles. I tend to focus on the wrong things sometimes. It's why last year I read 24 books and I have two coaches because I'm far from figuring it out. But I promise you one thing, I'm going to show up every day. I'm going to connect to what drives me and I'm going to give it my best. That's awesome. So if you have a takeaway, if you have one big thing that you want to make sure anybody that's listened to this can really keep in mind, is, is there some sort of take-home message that, that one thing we should keep in our pocket? 
Yeah, so it's the greatest life lesson I ever learned. It came from my mom. And that lesson is it's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. Everything comes down to the choices that we make every day. And, you know, if we get two years and three years and five years down the line, we can't go back and change the choices that we made leading up to that point. So every day, show up, connect to what drives you, make good decisions, give it everything that you've got, and you'll start winning more in your life. That's excellent. And that, this has been inspiring and informative and some real actionable takeaways, not just pie in the sky, like try your best type stuff. I, uh, I greatly, greatly appreciate uh, you having me on, Dean, and it's great uh, to remain connected with you. I, I, I love all the, the Bison fans that have stayed connected. It means so much to me. It always puts a big smile on my face, and uh, I appreciate you. You mentioned your mental toughness playbook and some other resources. What If people want more, um, where would you direct them? Yeah, so there's two things I would say to check out. Number one is the Instagram, you know, and Twitter. It's at Continued Fight. So let's stay connected every single morning. I'm putting out positive energy and my thoughts. That's me posting, you know, every single morning what's on my mind to share and to give. And then the other thing is to check out unrequired.com. So the unrequired.com. And that is a website that's all around some of our coaching methodologies and the mindset of the highest performers. And the highest performers do what I call the unrequired. Those are the things that other people won't do, they can't see, they won't even talk about that high performers choose to make a priority. Very cool, very cool. Ben Newman, thank you so much for sharing your experience and uh, the stories that we can really put to work right away. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dean, for having me.